Hopin is hosted from the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples, many of whom continue to live and work here today. This territory is covered by the Upper Canada Treaties and is within the land protected by the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Agreement. Today, this gathering place is home to many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples, and acknowledging reminds us that our great standard of living is directly related to the resources and friendship of Indigenous peoples. Welcome to Colpin, a podcast on open educational resources in Ontario from College Libraries Ontario. Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for another Clopin podcast. We had a bit of a hiatus, but we're just raring to go and so eager to speak with the folks from Fanshawe College in London, Ontario, to discuss their uh, role with OER at their institution. So today we have Shauna Roche, Melanie Mitchell-Sparks, and Catherine Steves. Shauna, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with OER at your institution? So my name is Shauna Roche, and I'm actually a faculty member in the Kinland School of Business at Fanshawe, and I'm currently on a secondment as the lead of the OER Design Studio, which rests in the Library Learning Commons. And how did you become interested in OER? I was involved with the business communications uh, textbook sprint back in, I think it was June of 2018. Uh, it was something that eCampus Ontario had organized. And after that experience, I was really interested in finding uh, more ways to integrate OER into my own teaching and look for ways to support uh, faculty in my school as I was uh, an e-learning coordinator at the time. And our uh, next person, Melanie, can you tell us a little bit about your interests in OER and what you do for um, Fanshawe? So I'm a third year uh, collaborative nursing student getting into nursing uh, with general arts and science. So I'm an instructional design student. I work mainly with LaTeX and do uh, copy editor work, but the job title is really all inclusive here at the studio. Everybody does a little bit of everything. I actually met Catherine before the pandemic. So after the pandemic hit, the college closed. So I was out of a job for a bit, um, but I kept in touch with Catherine and she mentioned this OER design studio, which as I mentioned, I have a background in HTML and I was very excited to be, as a student, be making content that, you know, could be touching my life directly and, and saving me money. So I, uh, I've still been here for uh, over a year and uh, hopefully we'll be here longer than that. That's fantastic and welcome as a student. I think this is our our first student involved in the Clopin podcast. I hope I'm not wrong with that, but your input is absolutely wonderful and so glad to have you here. And next, Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about your role with Fanshawe and how you came to know OER? An instructional designer with the with our studio. So I I'm port staff based, and I started as an educational support technologist. So the connection between technology and education, and and so I've always been really interested in how we can sort of improve the the student experience. So it's sort of OERs have been on my radar for a long time, but not not in a in a big way like like with the studio. So when I heard the studio was getting started, I, I was really excited. They're really interesting professionally and just in terms of the field of education and it's 
I don't know, it's really excited to be involved with a with a studio that's been producing so many and, and having such a good effect for our students. It is so wonderful when one can see the effects and, and to have Melanie here to actually uh, give us an idea of how it affects her. And I think what we need to know is a little bit about the uniqueness of what's happening at Fanshawe. So I guess the, the teaser is in introductions, uh, we talked about studio. Studio came up a few times. So would somebody like to describe to everybody who's listening exactly what excitement is happening at Fanshawe in terms of what you've managed to create? Yeah, I can speak to that. So, you know, we we had a lot of, I would say, interest in OER at Fanshawe, but we weren't making a whole lot of progress of having faculty commit to you know, adopting OER or even then, you know, looking to create OER. We were doing a lot of Open Education Day events and outreach opportunities, more so in the e-learning coordinator job. So kind of off the side of our desk a little bit. We did a survey at one of our Open Education Days and we asked faculty, first off, were they aware of OER and were they interested in OER? And we found that about 80% of them knew what OER was. This was 80% of the attendance coming to the Open Education Day, so you're hoping hoping that they know what OER is. And about half of them were really interested and said that they were likely in adopting it, but the biggest barrier for them was uh, support and training. I think, you know, they were unsure about even where to go and how to begin and who was there to kind of help them with that process. And so when the eCampus Ontario VLS funding opportunities became available, we put in a proposal to get some funding to start a studio. And we were really lucky to receive that money. And so that first year of the studio was really funded by eCampus. And it gave us an opportunity to explore some different kind of setups and structures across uh, North America. I spoke with some folks, you know, down in the U.S. to talk about how, you know, how they made movement and so we decided on, you know, who we needed to hire and what that structure needed to look like. And we spent a long time developing uh, processes, some of which have been successful and some which we've had to adapt over time. And uh, so based on that, uh, we really got this, you know, group that we have now where we've got, you know, myself being full time. We've got Catherine full time. Uh, we have another person, Robert, who's full time uh, support staff as well. And he he acts as kind of our developer, graphic designer. And then the rest of our studio is basically students. So we have students in various roles doing instructional design, uh, doing photography, doing media design. We've been really successful so far in we've created about, I think, 40, over 40 OERs now. And we're at about $3.2 million in savings in the past year. So we've had some great success with just this creating this support model. And so that's really what the studio is. Hopefully I covered everything. That is absolutely amazing. What? Wow. 3.2 million. That's that's incredible. Just that number alone is enough to garner a lot of attention. But then also the number of opportunities for students to actually get involved um, with OER. So really, it's like getting a chance to be involved with publishing, if you will, even though you're publishing it so it's openly available just those skills and that experience alone 
kind of mind-boggling in terms of the opportunities available. No wonder so many people are so interested in in what you're doing and harnessing that capability. That's absolutely fantastic. So you said you have three full-time staff members associated with the studio. And then approximately how many students do you have at any given time working? It really does vary. I, you know, since the beginning, we've had about 15 students working with us. So we have a few uh, like Mel who are part-time and they kind of stay with us all the time. And then we bring on work-study students as well. So work-study, they can work up to 10 hours a week. And then we also do co-op. So it really depends on the semester and, you know, kind of what students are available to us. Right now we have, I'm thinking, I think we got about five people working for us and we've hired another two uh, for the winter in, in co-op terms. So it, it really depends on the semester. We do find fall is a bit quieter in the studio. So we tend to work mm -hmm. on projects that are longer projects because our development cycle is one semester. So we take an agile approach where uh, the faculty is developing the content and we're literally right behind them uh, building it in press books. So we're only ever really a week behind so that by the end of the semester, you know, it takes us a couple weeks to go through copyright and quality assurance, but we're pretty good to go. Uh, some projects obviously don't fit within that uh, semester time frame because things come up. Obviously, we had a lot of problems <laughs> with COVID uh, mm -hmm. over the past year, faculty getting sick. Uh, so, yeah, so this fall we've spent a lot of time just cleaning up some old projects we had and doing a bit of work to across the college in terms of creating, you know, maybe manuals or student guides. We just did a prior learning assessment guide for students because there wasn't a lot of clear information out there. So we worked with our Center for Academic Excellence to get that one out. We work with the career services doing, you know, interview toolkits and that kind of thing. So yeah, so the winter and uh, summer semester seem to be our, our busiest. And then that way we bring on more students then. And this is a permanently funded studio now, as opposed to focusing on e-campus funding? Yeah, so our e-campus funding ran out uh, March, obviously, of this year, end of March. And so we were able to uh, receive funding from the college. So half of our funding uh, is through our, through our library learning commons where we live. And then the other half comes from our information technology fee committee. So they support us in hiring the students uh, because it's a really a huge, obviously huge benefit to the to the students. And obviously a huge benefit to us. We have so many wonderful students working with us with great skills. And uh, so we've been able to do a lot just because of the different folks coming in and working with us. Uh, we are still temporary, so uh, this year was a bit of a pilot year, kind of past the e-campus funding, and uh, so we're in discussions right now to see what a more permanent structure would look like at the college and, and how that would be funded. Assuming, because you mentioned copyright earlier in the conversation, you do work closely with library staff to say that the materials for copyright ensure that there are appropriate uh, citations or recognition as the case may be and how do they integrate into the studio if they're not a permanent fixture in the studio well we kind of feel like copyright is a bit of a permanent fixture in the studio right now uh, we rely on our copyright officer wilson poulter so much 
it is really advantageous us being in the library learning commons because we are integrated in again kind of within that space although we're 100 percent remote i should mention that we uh, don't have a physical space uh, but we use a lot of communication technology to keep in touch with folks in the library and so we have a process it's it's kind of interesting so what we do is when a request comes into the studio and i think we've received i think i looked at the numbers today we've had about 115 requests uh come into the studio so that means wow that's a yeah, lot <laughs> it's a lot uh it takes me a lot of time sometimes to go through them but we get yeah we get a lot of requests so a faculty or you know some a staff member in the college will reach out uh whether it's through our uh, email or through we have a form as well and so then I set up meetings individually with each and every one of them and we talk about, you know, their interests and their projects and usually the next step then is an environmental scan process. So we have a template for that. Uh, I will work with the faculty to fill out the information required for the environmental scan and then I post it to uh, an Excel spreadsheet within our team's environment and whoever has capacity in the library at any point in time can jump in to that uh, shared document and start adding resources to the environmental scan because we felt in the past you know it, we tried to do an individual partner with each faculty member and you know sometimes obviously that you know librarian would get busy and they had other commitments and so you know maybe the environmental scans were not getting done you know quickly enough to meet you know deadlines for us uh, you know swift time or, or um you know contract time so of by course. oh so we kind of take an open approach. So we open it up to the entire library, whoever has capacity. We uh, we even have a co-op student working in the library too right now who does assist with that and with our environmental scan process. And then in terms of copyright, in the past, what we had done was we waited almost until the end. Like I would support a little bit here and there. Uh, we have a kickoff meeting at the very beginning of the project where Wilson will come in. He'll do a presentation on copyright and, and talk about what to, you know, what to look for in terms of open licenses. And if little things came up, we would reach out to Wilson throughout the process. But largely it was him doing a review at the very end in press books. And so we've revised that process. Uh, and so now we have him involved really week by week. So as we're building the content, he's kind of checking it as well to make sure that that it's copyright compliant because we don't want to wait till the end. We had a situation with one book where, you know, one page had a, a CC by SA and a CC by NCSA content on it. And so to have to go back to the faculty member, something we, we just missed and having to go back to them after the fact and say oh hey these two licenses don't play nicely together on this page you know you're gonna have to rewrite it it's hard right because they've already done all the work so we're really trying to avoid kind of any of these little hiccups and make sure that any issues we're coming across we're coming across right off the hop instead of waiting till the entire project is is complete yeah so i would say we're we work very well with the library folks and we're <laughs> very dependent upon them uh, in the work that we do and I imagine from Will's perspective, not having to um, review an entire press book all at once is probably helpful as well. So being able to parse out your work, whether you're faculty or library staff or or um, graphic design, being able to work iteratively as opposed to all at once can be um, a game changer, I think, in terms of your time management as well, right? Yeah, exactly. 
in order for us to be adaptable and, you know, again, to catch those little errors in the beginning, we also came up with a standardized process in how we attribute everything. So that's made a big difference because, you know, if you've got, you know, three or four different people working on different books and Wilson's going through and checking, you know, image attributions, let's say, and, you know, they weren't exactly the way uh, that he'd like to see them. So we developed a process where everything is is consistent. And so for for him as well, when he's going to do his check, it's a lot easier because he knows the approach we're taking in each book and where to look for the information. Now, some books are slightly different because some faculty may not want content attributions at the bottom of each page. So maybe we'll move that to the end of the chapter, but we make sure that the attributions are are consistent in terms of format. Now, a couple of things that just uh, really tweaked my interest in your description of the studio is when you had that period where you didn't have incoming faculty, you took the opportunity to take a different view of OER and using it with your careers area or other areas of the college. Do you find that the studio is making a name for OER in other areas of the college outside of faculty and that this is working well or or do you feel that it's still just something that doesn't exist in their worlds? I mean, I can let Catherine speak to this as well, but yeah, I definitely think we've made a name for ourselves. Uh, it helped that we received the uh, the president's, the Fanshawe President's Team Award this year. Uh, at oh, the congratulations. Thank you very much. So that that really helped, I think, kind of elevate <laughs> elevate the studio a bit. We had a lot of interest after that. But I think once people see the work that has been done in certain areas, then it then it's kind of like, oh, wow, that's what you can do. You know, we're we're really interested in doing something similar. And so it's really kind of how the conversations, uh, the conversations start. So I think, yeah, from across the college standpoint, I think a lot of the the different areas are aware of what we're doing. You know, sometimes not all faculty are. So it's really, you know, we're trying to, again, build more awareness around around the faculty. One thing we've been doing, and it's stalled a little bit just because I got busy on other projects, but we're doing outreach programs where we create uh, these one-page guides, if you want to call it, uh, for each program. We're focusing on our grad cert programs uh, first because they're highly, you know, a lot of international student enrollment. And so we want to make sure, you know, they're already paying a lot of money to come here to study. You know, we don't want them to have to pay a lot for resource costs as well. So we're doing these one page guides that we send to the program coordinators to say, hey, you know, did you know this is the cost of the resources for your program? And we also add some suggestions at the very bottom of current OERs that could be used or adapted for each of the courses if they're available. And we're also trying to show them on a bit of a scale in comparison to the other programs of the college, you know, where they kind of fall in terms of their resource costs. So we're slowly doing that and reaching out to coordinators and that has really been quite successful. At least gets the conversation going and it tends to open doors. So we're able to go into these program meetings and in chat with the, the faculty teams. That sounds like a very tangible advocacy tool showing mm -hmm. actually what it is and what it could be replaced with. Excellent strategy that that others might be able to capitalize on um, when considering OER for their areas.
wondering if we might shift the conversation to Melanie and her experience in the studio as a student and how she feels about OER personally or as a student. Have you had OER in any of your courses? Have you been able to maybe convince any of your profs to consider OER during your studies? Well, it's a lot of questions, um, <laughs> but um, it's been extremely rewarding. Um, I love Fanshawe and being in a collaborative nursing program. I started two years at Fanshawe and now I'm at Western. So I'm not actually at Fanshawe anymore, but this studio allows me to still contribute to the community at Fanshawe. And it's it feels so good to be able to save students money and you know if someone's struggling i can be like hey you know what let's look at what open resources are available um, it's not something that i would even think about before working at the studio is recommending these open free resources for students i actually haven't had any in my current courses but i was in uh, pre-health uh, you usually take that it's a one-year uh, diploma program to get into health science programs and one of my math professors, Savannah, contacted the studio and recognized my name on a book and said, hey, I want to make pre-health math one, which we made and pitched to her. And now we're making pre-health math two. So it's really interesting that some professors can recognize my name as a student and say, hey, I've had her before. She's a really great student. Why don't we see what, what, what they can do as a studio you know, using her as a resource and 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 the studio as a resource. Um, so it's really cool that I'm able to still connect with people that I haven't talked to or even seen in three years, um, simply because my name is on a textbook elsewhere. So it's just been beyond words as a nursing student and wanting to help people and being able to do this while also going after my main career in nursing. I've I've been so fortunate to have such a flexible schedule and being able to practice computer programming as well. I have a computer programming background and it wasn't fulfilling enough. So I'm glad that I can help people while doing computer programming and still doing nursing. It's just such a wonderful experience here at the studio. And, and every time we have a discussion about moving on to things that we could possibly affect in the future, like I would love to see OER and other open resources get into accessibility and maybe students can look at a textbook and see the content before they even sign up for a course. You know, maybe we get into some things in that regard where, you know, we can show people content before they decide, hey, I want to do this program because they can see all these wonderful free open source resources that we have available for them. Wow. I love the way you drew, drew the correlation of the work that you do in nursing and the idea of helping people and how that's been brought forward into your studio experience because you're helping both the students well the faculty first and then the students eventually um, being able to save some money get some resources that are, are quality content resources that they'll be able to have forever i i just love that that is absolutely wonderful melanie thank you so much Catherine, I think you're the first actual designer that we've had on the podcast. I'm, I'd have to go back in my notes for some other areas, but 
would love to hear what your thoughts are on working on this project and working with the faculty to create this content. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, but then also how you feel about what you do in terms of working with the faculty? Yeah, um, so this is this this position kind of took a piece that I, I like the most about my previous position, which is working with faculty, small groups, but especially one-on-one. I, I really like the opportunity to talk with faculty individually and like get to know them and get to know uh, a little bit about how they teach and sort of their passion, their passion for their subject and their passion for their students as well. And then specifically when I'm working with a lot of these faculty, especially at this point, and a lot of them are taking on these big, big sort of creation or adaptations. Um, they really are very passionate about their topic and about their students. And so it's such a, a wonderful way to connect and to connect with our faculty and through them, the students. And, and so it's quite a bit of, it kind of depends on the faculty in terms of how I, I connect with them. And so I'm really kind of adaptable to, to however they want to communicate. I've had a couple of folks who are email, they'll send me an email or they'll send me a shared document and we just go back and forth. Um, and then a, a number of other ones that really want very regular meetings and want to sort of talk out the process with me and they have sort of a, a vision that they'd like to see accomplished. And so it's a little bit of understanding the root of their vision and how we can put that together while understanding sort of all the constraints that come with publication in terms of accessibility, in terms of copyright and making everything work together. So it's it's interesting and it's challenging and it's it's just really nice to work with with all different kinds of faculty and a lot of different subjects as well. So I've been working on a bunch of different different topics that I, I really wouldn't have come across before. So it's interesting on a personal level to, to sort of learn a little bit about these different subjects as you're um, getting into the the material. And often they have images that they want, but sometimes we're we're looking for the images um, as well. And then also working with our really talented students. I'm continually blown away by the students that come into the studio and their abilities and creativity and it's, it's nice to get to work with students as well on an individual basis and connect with them as they're working through they come from different programs and different backgrounds so it's it's interesting as well to get to know them more than just a student from a program but really connect and so I think I think a lot of it is um, about that connection and about creating books or or other materials that that the faculty are really proud to use in their class and and that are that I know are really good quality products and so the students are going to be able to get a lot of learning out of them and a lot of learning that is is sort of free that they they um they don't need to pay extra for and that they could reference back because of course in in three years if they want to come back and, and reference a textbook they can. Um, so that learning um, and that base will always be there for them. I feel like, Catherine, you've almost described exactly why I love being a librarian in this description, just because 
those pieces of getting to dabble in different subjects, getting to work more closely with students and faculty. It's it's a wonderful world, isn't it? To be able yeah. to try different things all the time and you never feel bored. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. It's that wonderful uh, opportunity to just kind of try something on and it's different all the time that um, is exciting. And I think too, working in a studio like you do, that incredible breadth of information that comes at you can really help you in any of those subjects that you really do find interesting. Shauna, you've told us you've come out of the business area um, and you're focusing now on OER. But I'm sure seeing how other people have approached OER in different subject areas, it it must inform what you do in terms of being a business faculty member, correct? Oh, for sure. You know, you get so many great ideas. I mean, some of the projects that we've done, we we did one for a rec and leisure that was really interesting because uh, the the coordinator there, Linda uh, Whitehead, came to us and said, you know, our program is kind of de- declining enrollment. It, it, a lot of students don't know what rec and leisure means, which is really different from business because we don't we don't usually have that issue. And she said, I want to create this resource that really explains to them what the program is and what benefits they can get out of it. But I also want to showcase some of our amazing alumni because we've had so many alumni come through the program and you know end up in completely different places. But this rec and leisure program really set them up for that success. And so we did this this book uh, with her and we did these vignettes, little videos of the alumni and their their career path and showing that the career path isn't linear. And so building that book, it was really interesting because I thought, you know, there are so many different ways that you can take what you've learned in school and use that as a bit of a springboard and go into different things. Right. And so it's actually inspired a project we're going to do now with the business school that's going to be very similar and really highlight all of the amazing work that faculty are doing with their students and again showcasing some of the work that students have done so that if we have people that are interested in coming to our programs they can see well this is what you know it would be like to do a you know a diploma or a degree in business and this is where I could go and so that original rec and leisure project really kind of helped inspire this new project we're going to work on. That's fantastic. It's it's one of those things that interdisciplinary uh, cooperation was a bit of a thing about five years ago, right? And it didn't take off as much as I thought it should have because of the the possibilities of learning from others. But now it seems more and more people are learning via OER and collaborating and that interdisciplinary cross-pollination, I guess you could call it, it seems to be happening via OER because it is organic as opposed to contrived, right? We're not putting people in a situation to learn from each other. They're choosing to learn from each other and applying those ideas. And it it has that wonderful sense of discovery for faculty who may be encountering a challenging problem that they just can't wrap their head around. But there you go. Somebody from another discipline has found uh, a possible solution and it could be applied within their area. I, I find that work quite fascinating myself as well. And it seems like your studio is is capturing it, which which is fantastic as well. 
I know I took this. I, I, I should tell everybody I do give out a series of questions to the folks who do these sessions with us uh, for the podcast, but I really did take a tangent and have been so fascinated by the studio work and incorporating the student work into the studio that I totally pitched the uh, questions out the window. Um, so I'm just going to take a quick step back and um, I think end it off on one of the things that I think is important for all of us if we're excited by OER or we love OER and to ask each of you, what do you think Ontario colleges can do in order to keep the momentum going for OER in general? And I'm going to hand it to Melanie first, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, funding is really important for us, just in terms of keeping staff and being able to continue with OER Studio. So, you know, I would love to see support in that regard and also promotion. I think that OER and open resources should be promoted through multiple different types of institutions. So, you know, trade schools, colleges, universities, I mean, if the pandemic has showed us anything, it's it's that there is such a huge need for online accessible resources. And especially when students, you know, inflation, gas, um, everything is so high right now, saving them like hundreds of dollars in, in textbooks every semester is just so valuable. And it's something that I would love to just see explode in, in not only colleges, but but other areas as well. Fantastic, Melanie. Well said. Catherine, how about yourself? Everything that Melanie said, <laughs> but <laughs> I also think um, collaboration. It's a lot of work for our faculty to do a whole book by themselves, uh, but if we can get collaboration between between our faculty, between our departments, but spreading that out and having collaboration between different institutions so that we get put in contact with, with colleagues and just sort of more can be created and some of that creativity um, can be passed back and forth. And so it is just part of all the conversations um, and we get sort of a like a synergy going in a way that that you could reach out to others teaching in your area, but at a different institution and they'll have ideas and things can be passed back and forth. Yeah, well said, Catherine, uh, you know, capitalizing on the collective can be such a empowering process as well for the faculty member who might be struggling with developing their own content or the entire book like you said it's it's a massive undertaking but if four or five people collaborate all of a sudden you're that much further ahead and shauna love to hear your take on this idea of um, how we can best support the colleges and keep that momentum going well, I, I think everybody said all the wonderful things that uh, can really help keep the momentum going. You know, I think the collaboration piece is key. And, you know, I we set up this group in Ontario where we meet monthly. And I know you, you come sometimes, Gordana. And that space is really, really valuable, I know, for myself. Because, you know, sometimes you feel like you're in a bit of a silo because you put your head down and you're working away. And you know, you might run into a problem and, and having colleagues in the province that maybe have encountered that same problem and you can share information is really so helpful. 
So I think from the support side, it's really important. But then again, as as Catherine said, finding ways to to lessen the load, right? You know, uh, doing an OER is a big task. And so that, you know, some of the collaborations we've done have been really successful. Uh, we did a book a supply chain with Conestoga and it was such a great experience. Uh, it went really well. I know all projects may not always go that way, uh, but it was a great experience. And so each faculty member only really had to contribute to half of the book, which helps allow them to to focus on the content that they are building for that one half of the book and really make sure that it's what they're looking for. And I, you know, and I know all colleges don't currently have the funding and support that we have. And so being able to share that, we can work with another college that has a faculty who's interested in doing this, and we can do the digital design piece of it or the publishing production end of it. That works for us. We can help with that because we want to be able to support others in the province as well. So, yeah, collaboration is key, I think, to, to moving moving this forward. And as Mel said, you have to have funding. There has to be someone dedicated to this in the college system, you know, in each college, because if it's someone just trying to do it off the side of their desk, it it doesn't have the same impact and it's unfair to them too. So I think those two pieces are key. Oh, for sure. It's um, and that's why this the OER committee for the College Libraries Ontario put together this um, collaborative effort to get the educative piece out of it. And this podcast came out of it in order to share that information amongst everyone who's working in OER um, to hopefully A, make some connections and B, keep each other motivated to um, continue this very exciting, interesting journey um, for those times maybe when we are just doing it off the side of our desk. Not it. Not every moment is perfect, as we all know. Um, sometimes there are setbacks, but um, having this community where we can talk about what is possible keeps us invigorated for those possible downtimes. So thank you so much, uh, all of you from Fanshawe and the studio, the OER studio at the Library and Learning Commons. Thank you, Melanie, Shauna, and Catherine. We really appreciate you taking this time to speak with us and being on the Clopin podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Clopin is hosted by me, Gordana Vitesse, and produced and edited by Jacqueline Chambers-Page on behalf of College Libraries Ontario. Visit our website for more information. You'll find the link in the episode description. 